Good Adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa Bontek, and welcome to episode 35 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with the indie authors that you should be reading. And it is July 3rd, 2019, and happy Independence Day if you live in the U.S. It's tomorrow, July 4th, and there'll be barbecues and and uh, picnics and uh, fireworks and all the things that people love to do. I love to stay home because uh, I'm always worried that some drunk driver is going to nail me. So I won't be really going anywhere doing anything tomorrow. And my dog does not like loud noises, so I will be home to comfort her also. We have a really good show for you this week. I am chatting with Cecilia Mecca, who is a historical and paranormal romance author. I have been reading her Vampire Temptation series. It's not the name of the series, that's just the name of the first book, but it is very good. Blood White It's the name of the series, I just remembered. And I've been reading her Border series. I'm almost done with the first book. I had to stop to interview her. I have like an, an hour and eight minutes left. It's like at a pivotal point in the book. And um, I couldn't say to her, can we chat in an hour because I want to finish your book first. So uh, I will be, after I'm done recording this, I am going to listen again, uh, maybe take the dog for a walk or something. So I have a, uh, this week uh, for the show, if you comment by July 17th, you can win one of Cecilia's books. If you live in the US, she will send you a signed copy, which is very cool. If you live anywhere else, unfortunately, it's expensive to mail books, so you will get either an E or an audio copy. And uh, I will do the drawing on uh, July 18th, so make sure that uh, by midnight on the 17th, you have um, uh, commented. And then I will um, uh, pick the winner. Actually, I'll need to pick the winter, the winner, so that I can announce them on the show. So let me change that to uh, if you can um, comment by uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time on the 17th, then I can announce the winner on the 18th. So sorry about that. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, go ahead and look in the show notes, and there is a link to uh, comment at because the show is sent out to a lot of different places and I don't know every place it goes and I want to make sure I do not miss your comments. So make sure if you're listening on podcast, click on that link in the show notes and comment there. If you're watching on YouTube, then you know what to do. Yeah, you just scroll down to the bottom and you can comment. So uh, we were going to get right to it and I will see you after. Welcome, Cecilia. I'm really happy to have you here. I'm going to quickly read Cecilia's bio for everybody. Cecilia Mecca is the author of Steamy Historical that transports readers to another time and place. She also writes paranormal romance under the name C.L. Mecca. Every heroine from Lady Sarah in the Border series to Lady Adalia in Broken Blade is your best friend, the one who kicks ass and takes names. And I'm going to expand this so I can say, there we go. And when these ladies meet alpha males who try to gain control, sparks fly until the very last page. So Cecilia writes best-selling authors. It's the Border series. And the other series is Vampire, the Vampire series. What do you call it? Vampires, Blood White. Yep. Blood White. I'm sorry. What was it again? Blood White. Blood White. That's it. That's it. So Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Oh, I'm really happy to chat with you. If you're on video, you'll see she's got a lovely pool behind her that I really wish I had today because it is a zillion degrees here. <laughs> Absolutely dying. You are farther north, which is good. You're a little cooler temperatures. Um, I stupidly, we were uh, in Wisconsin and I said to my husband after the third winter, I'm going to be in Florida. Where are you going to be next year? And he said, <laughs> well, I guess Florida too. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that because moving to Florida is on my like dream list. So we're going to have to chat. Oh, and I, we used to live in Key West, which I absolutely oh. loved Key West. And my husband retired and moved us to Wisconsin. Oh my God. How could you ever leave Key West? I don't understand. You know, I don't either, but I like him a lot. So I went with him. <laughs> you know, makes so sense. That makes sense. But so that is a theme of your border series is women wanting to have control over their own lives, but yes. it is the 1200s. It is in Northumberland in where? Northumberland, yeah. So it's Northern England, um, Southern Scotland, Scotland, and I kind of go back and forth across the border. So yeah, it's Northumberland. Northumberland. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have Cumberland farms here. So that's what made me think it's a, it's a gas station. <laughs> Yeah, so back then it would have been Northumbria, but and I sometimes confuse them. I actually went on a trip to England two years ago, and I was I was confusing my medieval terms. But yeah, it's Northern English basically. <laughs> and okay, so for research, I mean, you're talking about the 1200s. Yeah. Did you go over there, or I mean, how did you handle your research for your books? Yeah, so I did eventually get over there uh, two years ago, but that was well into the series. Uh, I was a medieval studies minor back in college 20 plus years ago. So medieval England has always been a passion of mine. So the research wasn't an issue. It's something, believe it or not, that I just kind of read on the side for fun. <laughs> so when I decided to write the Border Series, it was a very natural fit. I always loved romance and I love medieval England. And I guess I'd be called an Anglophile. So um, putting the two together has just been a dream. But yeah, it's easier now than it was back in college. I actually started researching this series and researching a book, but it took me 20 plus years to write. Um, back then I was in the university library and actually taking notes. So I did pull those back out, but now it's a lot easier with the internet and Google earth. Uh, but like I said, I did get to England. So it was really cool to be able to go to the castles. I actually was at two of the castles I used for inspiration. Uh, I do change all of the names just so that if I don't get something completely right, it's, it's okay. So I have inspiration castles and names and locations, but I typically rename everything for the most part, just to give myself that little, little bit of leeway, right? Mm -hmm. Did you tell anybody at the castles that you had written books based on using their castles as inspiration? Yeah, I, I didn't, but my family tended to. Uh, my, <laughs> my, <laughs> my mother, my husband, everywhere we went, she's like, she used this. It's actually Kenshire Castle. Um, the actual one is Bamberg, which is um, in Northern England. And, you know, I think that that was kind of a standard thing for them. I mean, if you go into the library, they, or the bookstore, they had all kinds of books written about their castle. So this was probably the first romance that I'm guessing, but it was really, it was cool. It was surreal. I mean, I had spent so much time on Google earth, looking at that castle and the layout. I knew where to go. It was, it was very strange. So they handed me the map. I'm like, I already know I've spent two years here. <laughs> oh man, that's so exciting to be able to places that you've been writing about and thinking about and to actually go there. Yeah. And stand in the spot that people who are very similar to who you wrote about would yeah. have lived all those years ago. I mean, yeah. I loved history too. That, that was what I studied in college. And, and that just would have been a dream to write 
something like what you've done. And you have um, 11 books in the series? Uh, yeah, so there are 10 kind of just primary books, and then there's a prequel novella that I kind of give for free for the newsletter, but it's on Amazon as well. So yeah, 10 plus the novella, and it's completed now. So I finished it in April after well, I published the first, the novella in February 2017. So it's a little over two years, and 10 books later, it's, it's all done. And uh, it's surreal, actually. I was very sad when I wrote the last book to wrap it up, but now I'm on a new series and I'm loving these guys just as much. So it's all good. Oh, yeah. 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 That's amazing that it took you, what, 20 years to write the first one? And <laughs> yeah. you wrote the majority of the series in just a couple of years. Yeah. Luckily, I've been able to speed up my process a bit. Now that I'm full time, you know, I kind of need to. So in indie publishing, especially, you know, I can't wait another 10 years to put out a book. I wouldn't really be doing all that well. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah, I hear that from my husband all the time. I wrote my first one, <clears throat> excuse me, I wrote my first one, published it in 2017, and then I had no clue what to write for the, for the sequel. And so I spent, and I didn't write every day. Right. Just because there were other things. And when I lived in Key West, it was really hard to write. <laughs> really? Yeah, I would, think, I would think I'd be very inspired to write if I was living in Key West. <laughs> yeah, well, I wrote a blog. I wrote a blog, so I at least was right. writing something. Uh, yes. But, but it was hard to write. And it took me a long time to figure out what to write. And, and I'm going to finish the book. And my listeners are like, yeah, right. I'm going to finish <laughs> the book this month. It will, it will go to my editor on August 1st. Awesome. Uh, been, and because they've got, um, if you are not a writer, there's a thing going on right now called Camp NaNoWriMo. Mm -hmm. now, NaNoWriMo is the National Novel Writing Month. And a lot of people write novels. A lot of novels have been published traditionally and published independently mm -hmm. and write a lot of money for people. So yeah. you know, uh, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a traditional or independent publisher as Cecilia and I are. And it, you still, you're still a writer and you still, I mean, I know plenty, plenty of people who are independent writers and they make all their money just off their writing. Right. So, you know, but anyway, so the National Novel Writing Month is you write a novel in like 50,000 words in one month. Mm -hmm. And in July, and now you just, you work on a project. It's not necessarily a full novel. So three of us have decided that we're going to, we're going to encourage each other. We're going to finish our books and get done this month. And my husband's like, yeah, right. I will believe it when I see it. <laughs> You'll do it. Yeah. Okay. So I discovered Cecilia because I was, I'm going to be going on a um, writing convention next, uh, next, uh, is it May? No, October for Halloween. I'm going to be in New Orleans writing about vampires with 10 or 15 other people. I'm very excited about it. That looks so I, cool. Uh, so I've been reading uh, my friend, Lori, who is going also had said, just start, I said, I've watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some vampire movies, but I really don't know anything about vampires. And she said, that's okay, because we make it all up that weekend. Everyone will decide the world that we're going to write in. But she said, go ahead so you understand different types of vampires. Start reading vampire stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was looking, and I found your Vampire Temptation book. Yay. And I uh, read that in, oh, just a couple of days. It was very good. Thank so you. I'm going to be reading the other ones. Did I read it or did I listen to it? I'm forgetting now. I think I read it and I listened to, I'm listening to, I'm right at the tail end of the first book in the Border series. Uh, it's got like an hour and let me see. I've been, I had took my mom to breakfast and I almost listened to it while she was eating because she ignores me when she's eating. <laughs> I have an I hour it. and six minutes left to go. Yay. And these books are good, but I recommend that, if, that you read them instead of listen only because when you're in the car, 
there'll be a really interesting spot and all of a sudden it'll be interrupted with turn left at the next Wow, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and as I'm leaving my subdivision, it was, um, let's see, it was the first time that the characters get together on the beach. How oh, fun. And uh, as I'm leaving my, my house, I've got like some, like it, to get out of my subdivision, there's like 10 turns and it kept interrupting. I finally had to shut the book off because it kept interrupting. She'd, we'd, she'd get like three words and it would interrupt. Uh, oh, no. I have to pull over to the side <laughs> of the road. Uh, so it was, um, <clears throat> for that, you may want to just read it. <laughs> and they are in Kindle Unlimited right now, right? They are, yes. All of my books are in Kindle Unlimited. Yep. That's great. So you can the start with the series. first one. Yeah. Yeah, and you can yeah. just read right on through and you will want to read right on through. And it takes Lady Sarah and Sir Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Yep. Are they in all of the books? Not all of the books. So the Border series are, are they're interconnected in that you'll see the family. So Jeffrey's brother and sister, you'll see them get their HEAs and uh, Jeffrey and Sarah will pop up periodically in different books, but definitely, you know, their siblings do. Um, it follows two main families, an English family and a Scottish family that have been feuding and are feuding and, you know, kind of the whole tension along the border, which was real in that, that time period, is kind of what I played off of to kind of create some of the family dynamics and interdynamics and things like that. But yeah, so they're, they're connected, they're interconnected. You'll meet all of the different characters, especially the last book in the series. I had so many characters that had popped up multiple times readers wanted to see again, including 30 years pre uh, earlier in the prequel. And they were always asking for Adam and Cora to pop back up, even though it's 30 years later. So that last book was a lot of fun to write, The Knight's Reward. It was uh, book 10 and it included almost everyone. I was able to, and I wanted to do it somewhat naturally. I didn't want to force it in. So there were a few, I just didn't happen and they didn't, you know, it didn't come to fruition, but for most of them, they were able to sneak in there. Um, unlike Blood White, on the other hand, so Blood White is my contemporary vampires. And interestingly, the book nine and 10 in the Border series, you do meet the two vampires, the two main vampires in Blood White. So Blood White has two vampires, families, kind of like the Border series, an English and a Scottish family. And they started their feud back in the 13th century at the end of the Border series. And now we meet them 700 years into the future, which is now, and they're still feuding. So I kind of carried that idea of the blood feud. That's what a Blood White, Blood White is basically a payment for killing someone's, you know, family member and such so I kind of carried that that forward and um, but with blood white it's a little more interconnected where you're gonna see every character in every book so um, which has been challenging for me because I hadn't really needed to worry about that with border series you know there might be a character here and there but with this one they all needed really strong arcs in the first book or at least character profiles because they're developing fully in every book so it's kind of a different model for me having it more interconnected like that so it, but it's been a lot of fun Yes, and I saw on one of your blog posts that you have a new series that you're working on. Yay, I'm excited about that. Do you have that. anything I, you can say about that yet? Yeah, I just did the cover reveal for book one yesterday. So the new series is a four-book medieval. It's about 100 years before Border Series, so it's late 12th century, um, mostly England, a little bit of Scotland. I have one Scottish hero in this. Uh, otherwise, my, my readers would revolt, so I have to have my Scottish guy in there, but mostly it's in England. Um, and this is basically the precursor to the Magna Carta. And actually, I didn't even tell my readers yet. So no one else knows this, but the, that undercurrent of the Barons Revolt is there. And instead of 25 Barons, it's my four Barons that have come together to form what's called the Order of the Broken Blade, which is a knightly order. And they basically decide, you know, that they've had enough with the king. And so there's a lot of history behind it. But 
again, like I said earlier, I take some liberties because most people reading it wouldn't even know that this was based on the first Baron's Revolt. It's just kind of under there, under the surface, and I'd just like to steal some things from history. Um, and the end result at the very last book will be the formation of what we know as the Magna Carta. So, but if that sounds too historical, just so the readers are, are aware, it's, it's not because you don't even know that. Um, it's just kind of that underlying political intrigue and theme. So these four guys, though, are from very different walks of life. The first book, The Blacksmith, is a blacksmith. Uh, the second book is called The Mercenary, and he's a mercenary. And then we have The Scot and The Earl. So those are a little bit more standard, you know, medieval heroes, our Scottish clan chief and our Earl. But these four are a lot of fun. And again, just like Blood White, it's very interconnected. We're going to see all four of these gentlemen in all four of the books. So that was unique. I had to pretty much set out their characters right from the start. So I know everything about, not everything, but I know a lot of things about them, even though I'm just starting book two now. So uh, it's and, been very different. And so the, both of those, that will only be four books in that series? Yes, yeah, so this one's going to be four books. It's four guys, four books. Um, the first one comes out this month, July 23rd. And the other three, two of the three will come out this year. And then the last one, I think I have it slotted for January 2020. So the whole four book series will come out um, by early 2020. So yeah, I wanted to try something shorter because uh, Border Series was 10 books. Um, I wanted to try something that was a little different, you know, a little shorter, more compact and uh, see what happened. You know, just to vary it up too, because I like to try new things. So. Oh, yeah, I totally understand that. Now for your, going back to your vampire series, <clears throat> there, I think there's three so far. How yeah, many there's three so far. I have five planned in my, in my head. Um, the book four won't come out until the end of this year because I wanted to establish the new series. And it is tricky having the two genres going back and forth and, you know, not have, leaving readers hanging too long. So it will be, you know, I rapid release one, two, three. So it was basically January, February, March of this year that Bloodway came out because I had kind of stockpiled those to get them out quick. But now there is a little bit of a gap. So everybody's like, where's Bloodway for? I said, promise it's coming. I just want to get this new series established. And my goal is pretty much to go back and forth one, one to one. It's just not quite there yet because uh, the paranormal isn't as established. So that's why I took a kind of three book break. So it's a challenge to kind of go back and forth, but these vampires were speaking to me. So like you, I hadn't really read paranormal. I was a historical romance reader most of my life. And I binged True Blood one summer, two summers ago, fell in love with the characters and I read the books and then I kind of moved on to Vampire Diaries. So I kind of came into it from the television series that were based on books. And then I just fell in love. So I started binging, you know, all things vampire, J.R. Ward and Jeannie Frost and it's been just it's, fun. Yeah, it's, a, it's a very rich mm -hmm. genre. I it mean, is. there's so much there. And all the yeah. vampires are so different. Yes. And I like that you're a vampire. <clears throat> I don't think I'm spoiling anything. No. You're saying not. That at one point, she says to, I forget her name. Uh, Alessandra is the heroine oh, in this one. Alessandra. Alessandra. Yep. I, yep. You know, maybe I listened to it on video because I'm hearing... Alessandra, whoever narrated it. <laughs> yes, that's oh, James Boy. He's amazing. I was listening. I was yes. because I was down at my friend Terry's house um, a couple of weeks ago, and she said to me, you know who you need to have on your show? There's this lady. She's written this book. <laughs> and it was good. It's so funny. She said, her name is Cecilia Mecca, and she wrote The Vampires. So I said, Temptation. Oh, that's amazing. I love I'm that. I'm listening. Yeah. 
So I was listening on, on audio. Yeah. And she said the That's same so thing. Cool. I love how he sounds. So she says her name. Sandra. <laughs> I, I just had one when I was auditioning narrators for that in my head, I had a voice and he was deep and sexy. And, you know, I just, I said to my husband, I just, I need a sexy vampire who I could believe has been around for 700 years. And he's like, well, that's not too much to ask. <laughs> I said, no, not at all. And actually when I found James, a fun fact about him, um, I don't know if you know kids books at all, but there's a book series called Pete the Cat. And it's a really fun kids book series. And I had read it to my own kids and it's about this cat named Pete. And he actually is the voice of Pete the Cat. So it, it's really neat to listen to him voice the children's books and then turn into this crazily sexy vampire i'm like how do you it's just talent it's amazing what they do so hopefully the kids don't listen to <laughs> Mix it up. they'll be very confused oh what i was going to say was i like that um at one point alessandra i don't know i said her name wrong that's okay alessandra is the way i say it but who knows how readers say yeah. it that's what matters so at one point she says to him but the sun's out and you're outside and he says when she yeah, learns yeah believe everything don't believe everything that you do. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe all those pop culture things. They got it wrong. Yeah. And, and like you said before, that's what was fun about vampires. With the historical, I feel an obligation to get it right. And I do a lot of research for the books. Uh, this, obviously, I wanted to know the genre and I wanted to, because there are genre expectations, but vampires, I mean, the appeal there is there, there is no such thing. I would find myself saying to my husband, who I kind of plot with, yeah, but I can't do that. Vampires don't do that. He's like, you, you do realize they're not real. Like there is no yes and no and right and wrong here. I'm like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I remember uh, a writer uh, somewhere saying that she'd gotten a review saying that ghosts don't do that. And she's like, <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> you can do is laugh. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had somebody in a review say to me, that would never happen. Well, no, a character would never do that. And I thought, Yes, and the character did do that. She did it in the book, you know? So, it's um, true. It, yeah. And, and, you know, it goes with um, <clears throat> reader expectations. Uh, yeah. I forget what actor, might have been Tim Roth, was doing an interview, somebody, oh, and somebody asked, well, why didn't they do this in the, in the script, in the movie? And he said, because it wasn't in the script. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't do it, right? <laughs> yeah, so why would he do it? It wasn't in the script. Yeah. So I did have yeah. to remind myself of that, but the vampires, yeah, there's a lot of leeway there. Yeah. There's, there's expectations, like you said, but then you have to kind of make it your own Yeah. so that it's not the same thing over and over and over again. That's just not going to be interesting, but they're very interesting characters. So that's a good series. So everybody listening, you have a lot of choices between the vampires and the early, the early, uh, uh, Medieval. the 1200s. Uh, in England and Scotland. So there's nice. And then even with the next one, it's going to be in a time period a little earlier. Do you think that you might write another book series that's modern? So just a straight up contemporary? I mean, I would love to. I actually has, have never read contemporary until the last year or so now that I have friends that do it. And because I always thought, you know, if I'm going to read a romance, I want to be transported. And that's kind of why that's in my bio. And it's kind of my thing. I want you to forget this world and go into a different world. So whether it's Blood White, which is the little small town of Stonehaven, or if it's medieval England, I thought, what's the appeal really of kind of a very realistic couple, like a friend that could, the story could be about her. But as I read some of these contemporary romances, I get it. You know, they're just as compelling, just as interesting. And uh, I would love to. And I think someday, I, I hope 
I'll be trying lots of things. For now, I'm going to stick with the two because I want to completely confuse my readers. They were already confused. Like, what, what do you mean contemporary vampires? Like, they were definitely taken aback. But uh, yeah, someday I could absolutely see doing that. And honestly, you know, the, the genre I started with, uh, one of the first books I remember, full books I, I remember reading was The Hobbit. So I'm a fantasy girl at heart. But yeah, that will scares me. <laughs> yeah, I love The Hobbit. I read it over and over, and then I, I picked up Lord of the Rings, and yep. I read it, but it just didn't do anything for me. And it I just kept going too. back to The Hobbit. Yeah. There was something about that book. It was dense, yeah. Yeah, I don't think you need it. That's all these people are going to go, you're nuts. <laughs> this um, is Tolkien we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, it's with Star Wars. Uh, in my mind, the first one happened, and nothing happened after it. There's yeah. no other Star Wars because the first one was a good story. It told an ending. I don't need to find out more about Darth Vader. I don't need to see him redeemed. I don't want to see him redeemed. Right. He's evil. I want to see him stay evil. Right. You know, I don't want to see anything else in there. So right. in my mind, there's nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Frodo. And <laughs> yeah. but no, I, yeah. I love those stories. <laughs> I mean, just amazing. Um, and I kudos to the fantasy writers that are out there listening and it's just what they do is I don't know how they do it, to be honest. Oh, I'm impressed. And I, I, I really, I love, I love the fantasy worlds where it just totally, it's totally different than what you're expecting and you're bright in and it's just this world. And it's just, yeah. you know, you think about it when you put the book down and you want to have five or six or 10 books in the series. And yeah, it's, um, I, I really love, well, I read everything and anything. So um, and I'm sure I mess up everybody's also bots. And if you're just a listener and you're not a writer, <laughs> when, when you sell independently on Amazon, especially, um, they will list books that, that uh, other books that have been bought in addition to yours. So if you like, I write mysteries, but I tend to sell to people who read cozy, which is fine. They're great. So all of my also bots are cozy mysteries, but when I go to other people's, I mess them up. So all of a sudden they're going to have all their cozy mysteries, but then they're going to have vampires and they're going to have historical and then they're going to have nonfiction and all these other odd books that I've bought. And, um, I'm it, the same way. Yeah. And it can screw up how Amazon advertises your books to people too, to have right. too much of a difference. So, you know, I always feel bad, but it's okay. Read what you like, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I love to, I mean, I, I probably sit at Amazon a couple of days a week and just buy a zillion books and I have it set so that I had to undo it. I had to set it um, one touch and then I was accidentally buying books I didn't mean to oh, buy no. <laughs> and I'd read them anyway. They were great, but I'm like, wait a minute, I'm spending too much money because as I'm scrolling, I'm buying books. Well, I don't know about you. I'm in Kindle Unlimited. So I am typically these days I'm reading in Kindle Unlimited. I kind of tend to go in and out of it. So at the moment I have the Kindle Unlimited. So I stick to KU readers, writers, and then at some point I'll let it go and then I'll kind of go out and explore. And that's just typically how I read. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the, uh, audio kick right now. Okay. And, yeah. um, I, uh, I wish that we could get more, uh, indie authors into libraries. Um, if you are an indie author, please look into, um, places like Findaway Voices and they send books to Overdrive, which sends them to libraries mm -hmm. and you can request libraries. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and I'll put a link before which show it was, I talked about linking your library card to your Amazon account. So, um, you can find out if the books are in your library and then you can borrow them through your library and mm -hmm. then they're in your Amazon Kindle. 
And if there's a way, uh, Rachel Heron was talking about it on one of her shows. I can't remember which one. Thank you, Rachel. And so I said, ooh, I better tell my, my listeners too, because that is great. But if you're a writer, look into getting your books out in audio and into libraries. Absolutely. That is so important because there's so many people out there and that want to listen. And if, you, um, if your book isn't in the local library, you can request it and you can ask your readers to request it if they're in that library system. Yeah. And they, if they get enough requests, they'll buy the book. Yeah. You know, so, and mine are listed in Ingram. So if, it, if there are requests, it's possible for them to get it as well. And it's funny you say that because I'm right now with ACX for audio and exploring Find A Way for the new series. So uh, that one might be wide, which will be a lot of fun. I just want to try it out. I've been hearing a lot of good things. It find a way is fantastic. That's I met the guys at the Indie Book Fest in Orlando last year, and they were wonderful. And I was telling them all the things they needed to do. You know, <laughs> I said, <laughs> "This is what I want, and this is what I need." Right. And they've done some of them, so they listened to me. That's amazing. <laughs> I've heard they're I've heard they're really good. So I think we're gonna. I'm gonna. They are. That. They're great. They're really, really great. So you've got how many books out now? So I guess 10, I don't know if you count the novella. If you count the novella, that would be 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Um, because I do have one odd one. I wrote a time travel trilogy with two other ladies. It's called Enchanted Falls. And we each wrote one book. So I was actually book two. And it's a Scottish time travel. So there are three modern ladies that fall back in time to medieval Scotland. And that was super fun. As a matter of fact, it got me thinking time travel, which I wasn't really on my radar before, but now it's kind of that niggling feeling in the back, like maybe you should try that on your own, you know, because the last one I did was with the, with Kara Montclair and Emma Prince. And so that might be a possibility for the future because I do have that one just kind of hanging out there. Um, they are standalone, but honestly, the trilogy, if you read them together, it makes more sense. There's three sisters. And so, you know, the, in all three, they're looking for each other and obviously they meet up with these hunky Scottish heroes in the meantime, but the, the, tri the three makes sense more together. But so yeah, that would be my 15th book. And so the one coming out this month will be number 16. Oh, that's not, and how many years have you been writing full-time? Full-time I have been writing. So I would say two years, 17, 18. Yeah. So I actually was a teacher. I was in education for 20 years. And so I was off in the summer like I am now. And well, I'm not off now, I'm actually working out, but I was off in the summer heading back into a new school year in September with two and a half books out. And I just didn't want to go back. I was like, I found my thing. It was making a little bit of money, not enough that I should have upended a 20 year career, but I did it anyway <laughs> because I knew I had momentum and I didn't want to lose it. So I, um, I'll say retired because, you know, it was really scary because in Pennsylvania, you have a pension when you're working in the public school system. So I kind of walked away from that because that was our retirement plan. So obviously it was a lot of discussion with my husband, like, listen, I know this, this is what we were going to do. If I was in education for 35 years, I'd retire with a pension, but I think I'm done now. <laughs> so it was scary, but absolutely worth the risk. So I would say going into September, then it'll be two years full-time. Full-time. So yeah. if you go back, mm -hmm. you wrote that took 20 years to write that first book. Yeah. Yes. So anybody who's listening, that's a writer, what, mm -hmm. the, what would you tell yourself because you wrote all these books in this last couple of years, but it took 20 years to write the first one. Yeah. So for the readers, or the readers, the, the, the writers listening, and me too, maybe, what would you tell somebody to help them get to where they can write several books in a year? 
I, I'm going to call on the great Nora Roberts who says, just put your butt in the chair. I mean, that's what it is. I, I'd say write the damn words because I spent so long worried about, well, do I use Microsoft Word or Google Docs and how does it format it? And have I done enough, enough research? That was my hang up. I was so afraid to put these words to paper because, well, what if he's supposed to be called Sir Jeffrey or is it Jeffrey Warren or how exactly is his title? Just write them because then later on you could go back and fix their titles or you could go back and fix a, a location or, you know, it's not a, it's supposed to be a two days ride. It's a three days ride. I can figure out that stuff, but I was so worried about getting something wrong that I kept researching and researching and researching and finding lots of different things to do other than write. So I was an author. No, I wasn't. I was a writer who had st stacks of research. I had joined RWA. So I was, which is the Romance Writers of America. I was in these forums, in the discussions. I was a writer in every sense of the word, except I never wrote a damn word. I wanted to be a writer. I was just so afraid to, you know, start writing. Now I realize we can clean that up. You know, I have an editor and we can fix it and a proofreader and lots of processes, but just you have to write. Um, there's a lot of reasons you could not write. And, you know, like I said, for worry of getting it wrong, but if you don't write, you're not a writer. So fix it later and just get started. You can add a character. You can take away a character. There's a lot of things you can do in editing. So um, that would be my biggest advice. And I really wish I had taken that advice if I knew of it. 20 years ago, because if I had started, I probably would have finished. And that first book wouldn't have probably been necessarily a bestseller, but I would have had that book and I would have learned the process. Okay, the book is done. Now I need an editor and figured out what to do and fixed it. And, you know, it would have gone a little differently and it wouldn't have taken 20 years, but better late than never, right? Exactly. And you, you've got it down now and you yeah. have lots of books out and you have more coming out. And the time travel one you were talking about, is that part of the book series that you did? The series? No. Yeah. So the time travel right now, I just have that one, which is the book two in a trilogy. So I don't have any others, but I have lots and lots of requests. So um, I'm looking ahead already into 2020 and kind of in the back of my head thinking that might be fun to do one just kind of on my own. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, time travel is one of my favorite. Is Fish it? out of water, time travel, yes. um, unrequited love. Those are my yes. favorite subjects to deal with. Are they um, your favorite tropes? They're my favorite tropes, exactly. And you know, that's what you get the most conflict. Well, for me anyway, that's what I absolutely love. And that's what I really yeah. loved about the Border series was that poor Sarah, she has, you know, she's a woman, she's in the 1200s, she is a countess. Her father, oh, I don't want to give it too much away, but her father's died and she has to marry to order to keep her lands because someone could come in and take them because she's only a woman. Right. And in that time period, that right. was how it was. Nowadays, exactly. you know, the woman would be her own. No problem. <laughs> anybody else. But back in those days. vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So she needs this husband, but she's fallen in love with someone else. So right. it is a wonderful, you know, you got the, 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 that that love that that they want to have but they they are forbidden the forbidden love that's another I good love the forbidden love and enemies to lovers i think like out of the 10 probably eight are enemies to lovers yeah. and i didn't realize that until i asked my readers like what's your favorite trope they go well, we know yours <laughs> yeah 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 so it's um yeah it's um it 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 it, it, it moves very quickly uh it's a it's a really good audiobook the the author is the author the reader is so good at, at reading it. It pulls you along, though I had to do it at 1.25 to try to finish up because I wanted to get to the ending before I talked to you because I'm <laughs> the next one. I'm like, ah, I want to finish it. 
but uh, it appreciate that worked just a little too fast and it got really exciting. I'm like, it's slow back down again. Anything. But yeah, I need, I need to get the next book in the vampire series. I'm yeah. Immortal Salvation. That's a, a, it's a fun one. That is the Scottish hero who is probably one of my all time favorite heroes of all of the books I've written. So I'm excited for that one. Um, yeah, they're, yeah, they're all in love with all of them, to be honest. Everybody says, who's your favorite? I think of The Lord's Captive, which is book two in the Border Series, and Lawrence, book two in Blood White. Maybe there's something about my book twos. I don't know. <laughs> but, but they're all yeah, very great. Them. They're all great. Yeah. So where can people find you? Oh, I know they can find you on Instagram. If yes. you like to follow Instagram, Cecilia has a fantastic Instagram account. I'm, I like Instagram, but I'm not a huge fan of all of it. I like where things are really different and really, um, you know, uh, oh, I think something more natural, not as staged. I know some people don't love the. Yeah, but I like stage. your Instagram account because it's really interesting. I feel like I know you as a person, um, which. That's great. Uh, That's my goal. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, it, it's, it's really nice. And so anyway, so I can find you on Instagram. Where else can I find you? Yeah, so Instagram has been my kind of my favorite lately, but I have a reader group called Blood and Brawn, which is kind of the mixture of the Blood White series, the vampires, and the historicals, um, which is kind of challenging. I originally had two separate groups for readers, and I've been very active in my reader groups, but we were talking about the same thing. So even though one was medieval, one was contemporary vampire, we were doing some of the same things in the group. So I went ahead and combined them. So now it's just if you're a romance reader, fan you'll probably you'll definitely have fun in there whether you like historicals or vampire paranormal whatever it is so we have a lot of fun in there i'd say that and instagram are my two most active now i'm always a twitter girl though i do love twitter and i've been on there for years um and i do check all of them every day so basically it's at cecilia mecca everywhere instagram twitter but definitely join blood and brawn and um there's a welcome post there a few years ago i don't know if you know who he is but there's a show called outlander based on the books by diana gabaldon and the actor, his name is Sam Hewen. So I met him a few years ago and that was Oh, great I remember fun. seeing that picture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you come into Blood and Run, it's, I, I basically say, Sam and I welcome you to the group. I mean, literally we had a 10 minute conversation, but we're like this. If you go into my group, I'm like, Sam and I say hello. Uh, <laughs> did he know fun. that you were an author? Did yeah. You? So we did. We had, I thought it was basically, um, long story short, I was a blogger years ago before the, um, before I was an author. And so I had a lot of connections with other bloggers and influencers and things like that. And a friend of mine knew I loved the show and I wrote Scottish Historical. So she had an opportunity to interview him and in New York City and said, hey, let me give this opportunity to you because I know like you're, you'd go crazy for it. And so I thought it was more of a meet and greet than an interview. And then when I went in, they basically said, okay, you have some time to talk to him. I'm like, oh, talk to him? I don't know about yeah. that. Um, but luckily, the girl who introduced us, she introduced me as a Scottish romance author, even though I'm more English than Scottish, even though I do both. And that just kind of broke the ice from there. He's like, Scottish, well, talk to me about that. He taught me how to pronounce Edinburgh, which I still can't do. Um, but I could say, Sam Hewen taught me how to pronounce this. And uh, yeah, he's like, so what are the name of your books? I'll have to read them. Of course, he didn't. And I've tweeted him. And I was like, Sam, hey, you said you were going to read them. Here it is. But no, nothing yet. That's okay. <laughs> Oh, it was so, so fun. fun. Yeah, it's so, totally fun. Um, I, I, I'm happy to connect with readers, and I thank you so much for this opportunity to get out in front of everyone, and, um, you know, this is such a great thing that you're doing here. Okay, great. So people can get in touch with you then, and I'll make sure yep. that there's links in the show notes. I'll have links to Cecilia's books. 
definitely, if you are a fan of vampires or a fan of romance, you definitely want to check out her books. Both series are very good, and I'm looking forward to the next one and the time travel especially. So when uh, when you have the special the time travel, you have to come back again. I will definitely. Like I said, that's, that's one of my absolute favorite. Hands down, and a friend of mine wrote, LBGT time travel. So it was fish out of water and there was unrequited love. And I told her, Oh my God, you hit like every, That's every perfect. single thing for me. It was, and it's such a great series. Um, and that awesome. is my friend. Yeah. And, and so I'll have a link to her book also. Um, uh, and of course my mind is completely, and she's going to be like, you can't remember the name of my book. I absolutely <laughs> That's how it can't. goes when you're live, right? It's totally out of my head. Yeah, in, in my book, my, my main character can't remember anybody's names ever, and she's always making up names for people. And it's a little bit of me <laughs> because so I have the worst. Well, in my defense, every time I would introduce myself to anybody, my whole life, it always felt like I was lying. I would say my name. My name's Melissa. Even saying the name, it feels wrong, and I could never figure out what it was. Tell them in my 30s, I'm adopted. And my mom tells me, yeah, your name was Virginia. We changed it. Oh, I'm, my goodness. I'm not a dog. You don't change someone's name. I was nine oh months old goodness. when I was adopted. So I was with, in foster care until I was nine months. And so it was a big family with lots of kids and lots of people. So I interacted with a lot of people to the name Virginia. And so oh, wow. I'm like, well, that explains so much. And even knowing that, though, I still can't say I don't like to say my name and I usually go by like Mel or Melissa no but I don't like thing. going by Melissa it just and even saying it it just I get a weird almost like lump it just no it, it feels like I'm lying it's just so weird now you have so, to write that into a story you know yeah so if you're going to adopt a kid do not change their name <laughs> that's the moral of the don't, story <laughs> yeah don't think that oh they're only they're under a year old they're not going to remember remember we're going to remember I'm 55 and it still is an issue for me. Anyway. Oh, nice therapy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. I feel so much better. <laughs> Happy to budge. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for today. There'll be links in all the show notes, everybody. And uh, it looks great. I wish I was there to swim in your pool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't be swimming in it either. If that's um, any consolation, I told my daughter I'd go shopping with her. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, but thanks. anytime you're welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you so much, Cecilia. I am so excited to uh, leave and go finish listening to the first book in her Border series because I can't wait to start the next book. And, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, I was laughing about how I didn't think I liked romance and uh, turns out I really like it a lot. So <laughs> anyway, uh, well, I like everything. I read pretty much pretty much everything. So, uh, but this is a really good series. Uh, the vampire series too, either one of them, if you like vampires, you like romance, you will like something that she writes. So drop down to the show notes, check out her work. Don't forget to comment. You'll need to comment by 6 p.m. on July 17th, 6 p.m. Eastern time. And that gives me a chance to do the drawing and to announce it for the show on the 17th. So uh, don't forget to comment. Uh, if you're on the podcast, it'll be in the show notes. Make sure you click on the show notes to comment or I might not see it. And if you want to comment on YouTube, that's good too. So uh, thanks a lot for listening today. Next week, we're going to Italy. I'm chatting with someone about Italy. I'm not going. 
Wouldn't that be great? Let's all go to Italy. Now I'll be chatting about Italy next week. So come back for that. And in the meantime, go read a good book. Mm -hmm.